Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host. Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day, my contributor. We have Rayvana, host of Reactions on Twitch, that's a Twitch exclusive, an amazing program. Also in the bullpen, Hannah Cox, brand ambassador, Fee Online, host of Based. We're gonna talk about US sanctions on Russia and the conservative movement connected to praising Putin. Quite fascinating, all right? So we're gonna chop it up about that, should be interesting. All right, top story of the day, a police officer murders his wife, tampers with the evidence, tries to make it look like suicide. He has now been convicted of murder. Have you heard about it? No, there's absolutely no national coverage whatsoever on this story, but that changes today. Put up his mug shot. Okay, let me give you background. This is in Putnam County, Georgia, former police officer, will now spend the rest of his life in prison for murdering his wife. Now this guy was actually a cop when he committed the murder. But there's a background associated to this crime that's quite ironic, given the fact he was already arrested for attacking his wife. He was still employed by the police department, let go by the judge, went back to the house, killed the wife, staged the scene, corrupted the evidence, and tried to make it look like a suicide. He was still employed by the police department. According to Putnam County Sheriff Howard Seals, Michael Perot was found guilty on all counts Friday in connection with the 2020 death of 44 year old Amanda Perot. His charges include malice murder, felony murder and aggravated assault. Now there are some other charges that should have been affixed to this criminal. He should have been charged with violating his oath of office. Here's why, he tampered with evidence, filed a false police report and decided to intentionally manipulate a crime scene. He was a cop when he did all of this. The reason why he was not charged with these things is because they would then have to unravel every case he was involved in. So they decided to keep it just on the murder of his wife, wrong move. There's more, Perot was initially arrested on January 28th, 2020 and charged with simple battery on his wife, Amanda. In addition to simple battery, he was also charged with child cruelty because his eight year old daughter was present at the time, he was still a cop. Now he did end up being sentenced to life without parole by Judge Brenda Trammell who's in that district. He was released on a $1,500 bond the next day. So this guy beats up his wife, he gets a child cruelty charge because he does it in front of his child. According to people that know the wife or that knew the wife, she's dead now. He was abusive, he was significantly abusive, okay? So he does all of this, he gets to go home, $1,500 bond. At his bond hearing, the chief magistrate wanted to put him in a condition that he have no contact with his wife. But she assured the court, she assured the court that her husband, had no place to go and was okay to go home. Days later, Amanda, his wife, was killed 
by that criminal, a criminal with a badge. She vouched for him. The magistrate judge should have stuck to the guns of the sentencing, of the probation, or excuse me, of the bond hearing and said, no, it's traditional. We do a no contact bond on cases like this. Yana, he has nowhere to go. He's a police officer, first time it has happened. All of those were lies, by the way. We now know it was not the first time, but she vouched for him. She believed in him. And she's dead because of it. Michael claimed she killed herself in front of him. So the cop says, hey, it was a suicide, just coincidence. It happens when I got home from being locked up for beating up my wife. All right, so she killed herself in front of him according to his narrative. And no one else was home at the time of her death. Seals described it as suspicious, talking about the sheriff, due to, due to the evidence and circumstances surrounding his initial arrest. Remember, the initial arrest was for violence against his wife, all right? The sheriff also revealed that Perot did not call 911. So when they checked his phone records, this clown called his boss, Chief Kent Lawrence, at the police station after he committed murder. The chief put the cop who committed murder on unpaid leave. Um, At the court hearing later Friday, Seals testified it was obvious from the jump that this cop killed his wife and tried to stage it based on details at the scene. A neighbor who gave Amanda refuge in their home also testified saying she told them if anything happened, she did not kill herself. Now there, there's a lot to unpack here. Number one, let's go straight to the law enforcement policy angle. This is why I advocate for psychological evaluations every six months for every single cop in the United States of America. Somebody should have picked up on this immediately. Here's a secondary issue here. The friend, the neighbor was aware of the abuse, went into detail about the abuse in a later conversation. If you are a friend, to somebody who is being abused. I know you love the relationship you have with that person. And they may be mad at you for reporting violence against them. They may be upset, but damn it, they'll be alive. They will be alive. The judge who wanted to do the traditional thing, which is no contact bond was talked out of it by the wife. Judges, stop it. Just because he's a cop, you had plenty of people that said the same thing in that courtroom. And you said, no, we're not going to take that risk. Please understand the data here, here, judges. The data says that police officers are more likely than the average citizen to do something like this. More likely, not less, more. All right, uh, Ravana, I know you know this stuff much more than I do. Give us some of your insight here. Yeah, well, first I wanna say the uh, the man who killed his wife, the cop who killed his wife is not the only person who killed her. It's the systemic failings of the yeah. court that allowed him to return home to her uh, and eventually murder her when they should not have done that. They should have known better. It's not the traditional courts of action. 
Um, but like you said, cops are more likely to be engaged in domestic violence. I think the stat is about 40% of cops self report that they engage in domestic violence against their partners or their spouses. But we don't see 40% of cops who are doing this being held accountable. We don't see justice for the victims that are predominantly their wives, their their girlfriends, these women. We don't see justice for them. So stories like this just makes you wonder, you know, how many women have the their police officer husbands returning home to them at the end of the day to, you know, victimize them, to torture them yeah. and abuse them who will never see justice. You know, and it's just a we need to continue to advocate for these women and we need to continue to advocate for accountability. Uh, and like you mentioned, there's more charges that could have been brought against this police officer. Uh, and you know, it's another failing that they weren't. Although he'll be spending the rest of his life in prison, um, you know, it's a it is a systemic failure still that they did not throw the book at him because right. the police, uh, you know, the the police office itself uh, did not want to be more introspective, did not want to have to do that extra work, uh, you know, to hold themselves accountable for for what you know the this. Uh, abuse could also mean for the cases that uh, they have handled. Yeah, this cop demonstrated that he's willing to lie on police reports. He's willing to manipulate evidence. He's willing to stage a crime scene. He's willing to violate his oath of office. And he was employed by that office while doing so. They should look at his background. They now have to investigate everything he swore to. Every affidavit he may have signed, every time he gave a testimony and said, that's the person that needs to be scrutinized. Nuclear threats aimed at the US, all right? There's some elements in this story, some I've already predicted on Indisputable. Let me give you the background. So as Russia continues to invade Ukraine, an independent sovereign nation, a functional democracy. As they continue to do this evil deed, there are evil deeds being done inside of Ukraine as well. I highlighted those yesterday and I will touch on some of that today. It was Sunday when Putin in a televised meeting with the country's top defense officials had the following to say. Top officials in leading NATO countries have allowed themselves to make aggressive comments about our country Therefore, I hereby order the Minister of Defense and the Chief of the General Staff to place the Russian Army Deterrence Force on combat alert. What does all of that mean? That means that he's ordering nuclear weapons to be war ready and war capable, okay? That's one, it gets deeper. He has placed the country on its highest state of alert. Russia's nuclear weapons are part of its Deterrent strategy, Russia took control of arms from other former Soviet republics, including Ukraine and Belarus in the 1990s. Now Russia has invaded Ukraine and Belarus, which is allied with Moscow. Plans to renounce its non-nuclear status and could theoretically allow Russia to bring nuclear weapons back into the country. And breaking news today, shows Belarusian troops have been spotted joining, this is according to breaking news today, joining Russian forces. However, this has been denied, this has been denied by their leader. President Joe Biden was asked, is this a concern? He said, no, 
when asked about the prospect of nuclear weapons, Joe Biden is incorrect. It is a concern, okay? It's not only a psychological concern, it's a real life concern. Biden is completely incorrect on this. The threat is not unprecedented. CNN spoke with authors of the 2017 book, Nuclear Weapons and Coercive Diplomacy. They documented 19 instances of nuclear threats and coercive language in the post World War II era. This includes Soviet leaders like Khrushchev telling the US ambassador in 1959, the West seems to forget that a few Russian missiles could destroy all of Europe. Now, here's the fact, Russia, according to the record we have, Russia has 6,250 nuclear warheads. America has more than 5,500, that's all the information we can get from there. The Russian warheads, only 1,458 are on 527 IBMs, submarine launch missiles and bombers, all right? Okay, will these threats work in Putin's favor? Now, that's a big question. That said, the US is certainly not entering the war. They have made that very clear. Russia has waged on Ukraine, but America is not going to enter and it is not creating a no fly zone. Putin must realize that using nuclear weapons will bring them upon him and his people. Now, there's a lot of commentary about this out there saying, wait a minute, you know, Putin is willing to go to the extreme on this and actually use nuclear weapons. And then you have people that are considered historians, individuals who write books about nuclear warfare or nuclear threats and diplomacy saying, "Oh no, 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 no. These things will never happen in this world." Okay? Those are the same people that still believe that Trump cannot get reelected in the United States of America. He can. Okay? All right, be careful about these cats. They've been around a long time and they have been wrong a lot, all right? Okay, um, let's highlight the Ukraine, Miss Grand Ukraine, all right? You know, war has a lot of propaganda connected to it. And this is a picture of Anastasia Lena. And according to a post, she's the former 2015 Miss Grand Ukraine. She has traded her heels in for combat boots. Now, it is propaganda, okay? When you read the message, she's telling people to be strong and trying to recruit individuals to stand up for their country, all right? Now, another part of this that has been highlighted recently, and I said this yesterday, if Ukraine does not figure out how to speak directly to the apparent racism, the discriminatory actions of other Ukrainians, if they don't say something, African nations in particular will not be able to continue to support them internationally. I said that yesterday. I said it right here on Indisputable. That will happen. And I also said Russia, Vladimir Putin, of course, will use that against Ukrainians in order to dissuade public support. That's exactly what's happening today. So now you've had the Nigerian government, they have come out and denounced the actions of Ukraine. Nigerian government has condemned the treatment of thousands of its students and citizens fleeing the war in Ukraine. Amid growing concerns that African students are facing discrimination by security officials and being denied entry into Poland. All right, and if you remember, all of the reporting that we highlighted right here on Indisputable that showed hyper aggressive bias 
implicit bias. I mean, they had the whole damn spectrum referring to those that are in the midst of this warfare as good white Christians. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what they said. As if those who are not Christian or white are not as valuable or sophisticated as those in this nation right now. Here's some of that. Do not allow the ideology of politics to evaporate the humanity that still exists inside of you. These are human beings. These are men, women, children. These individuals are living. They are our brothers and sisters in humanity. Here's the reality. Yesterday, some of you did not like the fact that I highlighted the reality of what's happening in Ukraine. You tagged me on social media and said things like, Doc, it's really time to focus on this. Doc, you're becoming a puppet to Vladimir Putin. The silliness of that statement. You see, I make life simple. I tell the truth and don't give a damn who it offends. Now the truth is what Russia is doing in Ukraine is immoral and wrong. The other truth is what Ukrainians are doing to black Africans, that's wrong too. You don't trade one wrong for another. And if we start doing that, if we start justifying what we are willing to look away from, what we are willing to ignore, what makes you better than the other side? Because they have justification after justification for looking the other way when Marjorie Taylor Greene speaks at a white supremacist rally. They have justification for white nationalists marching down streets and running over peaceful protesters. Truth don't care who says it. Ravonna thoughts. Yeah, I think you're exactly uh, exactly right about that doc. Because if you don't highlight this now, if we don't talk about this now, when is the time? Is it after these African predominantly students have become victims of Russia's aggression in Ukraine? Right. Do we wait till it's too late? But I also think that it's you know important now to you know highlight the the disparate treatment by particularly Poland towards the Ukrainian refugees versus the you know refugees coming from Ukraine, but who are predominantly African students, and I think that it's. Emblematic of also the way that Poland and other countries in the area treat 
refugees coming from Syria predominantly. They've been passing legislation and arming their border to prevent these refugees from coming in versus you know now it's predominantly open arms towards white Ukrainians versus yep. the disparate treatment of the of the black immigrants or black refugees coming from Ukraine as well. And it's also highlighted in the way that the media is treating Ukrainian refugees versus we can just point to just a few months ago, the treatment of potential Afghan refugees who were you know, presented to be a threat to democracy, who were going to come to America and commit crimes and, and undermine Western culture. And it's, it's horrifying, we should be treating these refugees, these innocent victims of, of right. war, the same. Everyone should be. I don't. I don't think that the Ukrainian refugees should be treated worse. I think these refugees from non-white, non-Western countries should be treated better. And now is the time to demand that. That's right. Very well said. This is something that we've covered. A police chief who got 80 felonies, got arrested for 80 felonies. He then went, worked at an auto body shop while waiting to go to trial for these 80 felonies. He goes to a body, an auto body shop to work. He steals catalytic converters. After stealing catalytic converters and getting caught for it and arrested, he then gets arrested again for faking his own death. You could not make this up. Let's put up a picture of him being escorted out of his aunt's home. He was a whole damn police chief. This is an update to a story we reported on just a few days ago. Former North Carolina police chief was arrested for allegedly faking his own death in an attempt to dodge prosecution on more than 80 felony charges. The ex Chadbourne chief, Anthony Spivey, that's him, 36 years of age, skipped out on a court hearing, staged his own suicide, but was nabbed just after midnight on Thursday, hiding out at his aunt's apartment in South Carolina. Prosecutors tried to keep the slippery Spivey behind bars, but he remained free on bond. Then he ditched a recent court hearing claiming he was sick with COVID, okay? Uh, facing another court date on Monday, he staged his death. What did he do? He parked his truck near a boat launch on the Lumber River. And he left a letter saying goodbye to his family, all right? So you see the crime scene, he takes his truck. I mean, this guy is a regular Barney Fife. He takes his truck, he's thinking, yeah, this'll do it. Takes his truck. Parks it, writes a cryptic letter about you know a suicide. Family members describe the incident as a possible suicide, and Columbus County, North Carolina police found Spivey's boat at the river with a 22 caliber rifle on board. A news release said a discharge round was still in the chamber. Cops said dive crews searched for three days. Investigators found nothing, but they never believed he killed himself. So they basically were just diving just to say, hey, listen, we dived in the water. All right, but we know he's not dead. As investigators collected video from surveillance systems and conducted interviews, it became more apparent that the scene on the river was staged. The release said, press release said, a warrant was issued for Spivey's arrest. 
on Wednesday and police caught him in the apartment complex 12.45 AM on Thursday. I mean, that did not take long according to Columbus cops. He ran from the complex but was caught in the woods nearby Hari County. Prior to this incident, he was arrested after his most recent employer accused him of stealing catalytic converters. Spivey was awaiting trial for more than 80 felony charges from 2021, 80, 80 plus. He was accused of what? Embezzling, embezzling state property evidence, trafficking opium and trafficking by fraudulent or forging prescriptions. He was also accused of embezzling funds meant for the family of a young child battling cancer. He stole money from a sick baby, all right? Investigators said he took $8,000 intended for the family of Philip Tanner Bufkin, who died of leukemia in 2019. Spivey also allegedly stole and sold five guns from the police department he was chief of in uh, between 2019 and 2021. He got away with it for a long time. Just understand this, he got away with it for a while. And obviously he was making money, but I guarantee you this, he was not making that money alone. He sold those guns to somebody, he sold that dope to somebody. He engaged with other individuals in his criminal enterprise. I'm surprised that we have not heard the follow up story about who he was in conspiracy with. But this guy, this. Listen, this is just me keeping it Glenwood. This has to be the dumbest SOB to ever do a crime with. Anyway, uh, he's in jail now after faking his own death. Like I said, you can't make this up. Ravana. <laughs> yeah, um, I think one, yeah, I agree with you. This, this man might be the dumbest, but I think this is a, a story that can really be used to highlight um, the problems with cash bail in this country. Mm. So this man's able to be out uh, on bail because he had the money to post it. While there are, you know, uh, people who are awaiting trial for years at Rikers, not convicted of a crime. People who die awaiting trial, That's never right. convicted of a crime. Uh, and I'm really proud of my state, uh, Illinois, is repealing cash bail by this time next year. It will be fully repealed. Uh, and you know, I'm. I'm hoping that more people get involved in the movement to do this bail reform all across the country because it creates stricter guidelines for releasing for releasing inmates. There's no cash bail, and someone like this man who is obviously a flight risk, yeah. obviously has a you know a very high propensity to to be a repeat offender if he's and continue to do crimes if he's released on bail. You know, might not have been able to do that. So so you know, I hope people continue to get involved in their states and try to implement the same. You know, type of judicial and bail reform all across the country. Yep, very well said. And I got to remind people that the stats are already in. Money does not bring people back to court. If somebody shows up for court, it's not because they said, you know what, damn, I, I paid that bond money, I got to go to court. It's because they don't want the other stuff connected to them not going to court, like a warrant for your arrest. All right, we got more, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show. Let me read some of these amazing comments from you all. Before I get to the comments, let me remind everyone, J.R. Jackson, the watch list. All right, make sure you are tuned into the watch list every day. 
That's live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Find out the stories that you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. He covers so much ground. It's a remarkable show. 10 week test series at TYT. Make sure to support JR by watching live daily and do not forget to subscribe and follow youtube.com forward slash watchlist TYT and facebook.com forward slash watchlist TYT. Tonight, 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 State of the Union and Texas primary. That's being covered by the crew. President Joe Biden's State of the Union will be providing we will be providing regular updates on the Texas primary. Join Jank, Anna, John, Francesca. Make sure you tune in. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. TYT.com forward slash live. All right. Here are some of the comments. Mika C. The Silver Hat Dragon. Given the circumstances, people who are under attack should be much more empathetic to others also under attack. The press is highlighting how Ukrainians are standing together, but not all are together. When any group is prevented from leaving, basically the Ukrainians are saying that African people can stay and be slaughtered so they themselves can escape, right? Okay, Tim Brennan, thank you for that, Tim. Keep telling the truth, doc. I'm so glad you don't listen to the naysayers. Our refugees need our assistance, all of them. Thank you for that. Uh, Kevin Bard says, uh, Julia Roberts did a better job faking her drowning death. It's, it's sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> yeah, guess he did see that movie. Uh, by the way, I want a triple dose one day. Woo! I don't know if we can handle a triple dose of Karenicity. I mean, that's some next level stuff right there. Um, all right, Buckhorse DC, while we, I'm cracking up, Doc. Um, May Money in the Building says that police chief is putting in overtime in the profession of criminality. Damn, he needs to change his name to Slimy. Bernard the Kiwi Dragon, completely with you, Doc. There is absolutely no reason to draw distinctions. Anybody caught up in a in a war torn Ukraine should evacuate all the same, whether it be black or white. If they choose to, that's correct. All right, not. Naughtiest Maximus, all right, I like that. Uh, cops and domestic violence, sadly, often go together hand in hand. That and police officer is one of the top 10 jobs sought out by sociopaths and psychopaths. That's correct, that's actually, that's a fact. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're gonna feel great, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Black Lives Matter. Have a great time. Have a great time, ma'am. Black Lives Matter. My You make no sense. What is wrong with you? This is a bit of a throwback, Karen. I wanted to remind everyone that simple slogans, it is a campaign. Black Lives Matter is a campaign. Yes, it's a movement. Yes, it's all of those other things, but it's also a campaign, right? Black Lives Matter. You got t-shirts at Walmart. The slogan, Black Lives Matter, caused this kind of response from someone 
who obviously does not believe black lives should matter enough to have print on a t-shirt. You know, you, you can just not buy the shirt. You can walk past it. I'm sure there are other items of clothing you would not purchase. Maybe you don't like the color, maybe you don't like what it says, maybe you don't like the brand name, I don't know. But this kind of reaction has now become very normative in extreme conservative circles in particular. Why does this message of black lives disrupt their psychology so much? Why does it? Well, here's why. As my dear sister who has been on the show would say, when you are in a privileged position, equality looks like oppression to you. That's why. All right, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I think one, it's ridiculous. What she's saying is ridiculous. Yeah. But the uh, the meows in the video to censor what she was saying were fantastic, <laughs> yes. and I love that. Um, uh, but I, I think it is just like a, it helps display how ignorant and uh, childlike these uh, individuals' minds are. That their initial reaction to to seeing something that upsets them is to have a temper tantrum in public, uh, you know, to to publicly freak out. Or her, you know, reaction is to to grab the nearest thing and start smashing it on the ground. And you know, I feel bad. I feel really bad watching that for the people who work at that Walmart who now have to clean up this woman's mess because you know she she doesn't have an adult brain or she can't function you know uh, like a respect respectable adult in public. She has to do this freak out because she saw something she doesn't like. Now some minimum wage employee has to clean up her mess. I mean, if I worked there, I would walk out and hand her the broom. Right? Yeah. I'm not cleaning this up for you. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, what she did was criminal. Um, obviously, there should have been an arrest, uh, but I highly doubt uh, she was arrested. Okay, um, why are Republicans so fascinated with Vladimir Putin? I mean, they love the guy. And guess what? I have uncovered evidence, clear evidence that shows exactly why they support Vladimir Putin. Here it is. Hey, uh, in 2024, a crazy thing happened, and Biden were running against Putin for president of the United States. Putin. Who would you vote for? I would vote for Putin. Wow. That's a Trump supporter. That's a Trump supporter. Here's more. What we're seeing is. 100% fabricated, okay? Now, obviously, if, um, if Pelosi and all these people are for Ukraine, duh, you will, you go opposite. That's just, that's common just sense. common sense. Common sense. Okay. I know, you know, my grandmother told me I shouldn't laugh at people. Uh, did you see how they were all in unison? <laughs> of course, it, 
if Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, if they say water is wet, obviously it is not. This is the genesis of this whole thing. Trump made politics more tribal than ever in the United States of America. It was already tribal by the nature of political discourse. But what he did is he created what's called binary marketing techniques inside of politics. Binary marketing is simple. You present your yourself in a way where people will either love you or hate you. They either agree with everything you say or nothing you say. If there is any deviation from this side, then they must be put on the other side. And now individuals are unable to independently think. It's called indoctrination. They cannot independently think and conclude based on logic. Okay, uh, there's another one. Here it is. Stand up. Suggest we're both Yeah, another Trump supporter, his name is Russell Bentley. He's standing with Russian troops. How in the hell did he get over there? I'm not talking about in Russia. How is he with the Russian military? Who gave him the security pass? I gotta tell you this, Russell Bentley. The comrades are not gonna let you come back to America. I'm telling you, you know too much. All right, this is fascinating. Ravana, very fascinating stuff, right? Uh, Republicans are literally supporting Vladimir Putin. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene just a few days ago spoke at a pro-Putin rally. They were shouting Putin, Putin all over the um, audience. She came, she spoke. What's happening? What's going on in the world? Yeah, I mean, first I want to say I'm right there with you. I was reading the story about uh, the man <laughs> from Texas who's in uh, who's in Ukraine with Russian troops, and my first thought was, how the hell did you get there? Right. How did you end what up there this? from Austin? <laughs> and then you li- and then he's live streaming. <laughs> they allowed him to live stream. Okay, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So when it comes to the other, you know, the pro-Putin sentiment from the Republicans, I mean, we saw the woman who was literally just like. Biden and Pelosi are pro-Ukraine, so obviously Putin's good. It's it's just like the the simplification, the team sportsification of Mm. politics, right? Like, yeah, you know, my team good, your team bad, your team like this, so my team, you know, has to go the opposite way. And it's a pathetic, unnuanced way to view politics and leads you down some like really, you know, dangerous and dark roads. But also, just like the thought that. Uh, you know, when my mom used to always say to me, you know, if so and so told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? You know, for these people, it's like if Nancy Pelosi told you not to jump off a bridge, <laughs> would, would you jump off a bridge? Of it's ridiculous. <laughs> Jumping off a bridge may be good now if Nancy Pelosi said do not do it. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay.
Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments. Lynn says, is BLM Karen advocating for a new Olympic event? Merchandise toss. Yeah, Nadia's Maximus, I wish a Karen would. Just makes me laugh every time Dr. Richard says it. Delicious, like a holiday roast beef with crescent rolls. That's good, isn't it? That's good, I know. Moon Dragon, Trump derangement syndrome is not what they think it is. As usual, they have it wrong. <laughs> okay, this is an ironic story. So there's a police officer, a former lieutenant who now has a sexual allegation suit against him. Let's put up a picture of the cop. All right, this is out of Dunwoody, Georgia. A second former Dunwoody police officer has filed a suit against that person. His name is Lieutenant Fidel Espinazo. Multiple officers have accused Lieutenant Espinazo of sexual harassment. In his complaint, Castellonis, who alleges that as early as 2017, Espinazo sent him sexually explicit text messages and requested nude photos. He also alleges that the lieutenant requested sexual favors from him and took a photo of Castellanos while he was using the bathroom. Leela Castellanos, who is also included in the suit, claims that Espinazo texted her and asked inappropriate questions regarding her relationship with her husband. This is the second lawsuit against the former lieutenant. The first one came from officer Roger Helstad in 2020. According to court documents, that suit was dismissed in federal court. It is now being appealed. The suit was dismissed because the plaintiff's lawyer failed to file an appellate's brief by a certain date. So this is a significant technicality for why it was dismissed. They do get to do it again. The lawsuit also named City of Dunwoody, the Dunwoody Police Foundation, the Dunwoody Police Department and the DeKalb County Board of Commissioners as defendants. And this story is developing, okay? The irony of this story is this, there were credible allegations that date back a couple of years ago. Well, he was allowed to remain on the force, okay? In addition to that, the text messages were exposed. And the chief in a report later admitted the text messages are sexual in nature. And they are inappropriate as well. But then said, but you know, he didn't coerce anybody. <laughs> There's an inequity of power here, right? You have a lieutenant who is sexually harassing other officers. And listen, people people will say Doc is anti-police. I'm literally in these stories, I'm standing up for police who are being harassed by their supervisors because their supervisors and the unions don't give a damn about them. Those are the ones who are anti-police. All right, Ravana thoughts on this case. Yeah, I think it's really gross that the um, that it was just like the chief of police sort of hand waved the text away, saying they yeah. weren't coercive. You can't say that it's not coercive when it is a superior officer, That's you right. know, uh, eliciting sexual uh, favors or sexually harassing 
someone beneath them. It's it's a power structure where the lieutenant here in this case is always going to have power over the officers who hold a lower rank, which is in in of itself coercive. So yep. you know, I think that that's just a disgusting failure and a way that they chose to protect themselves instead of the the inferior officers mm-hmm. in this case. Well said. There's a school teacher slaps a student caught on video, put up the steel of the student slapping of the teacher slapping the student. Okay. The teacher has been allowed to retire with all benefits, not arrested, no penalty, no prosecution. Let me give you background. This is an Indiana Jimtown High School teacher was granted early retirement with pension after he was captured on a video striking a student with enough force to cause actual injury. That teacher, his name is Mike Hosinski, who will not be allowed on school grounds nor affiliated with the high school. That'll do it. He beats up a child. And say, hey guy, you will never be allowed to teach here again. Now get out of here with full benefits and no criminal prosecution. (sighs) The person was granted early retirement, which many consider that to be uh, a bonus, right? You give that for good behavior, not bad. He got early retirement after he was captured on a video striking a student. this isn't the first time his conduct was brought into question. Let's put up his picture again. I want I want people to get real familiar with what he looks like. All right. This is not the first time his conduct was brought into question. In 2019, he had promoted his pro-Trump and pro-conservative views in the classroom with messages like, proud to be a conservative. Now remember, they're telling us critical race theory is the problem. Right? Okay. He got messages like proud to be a conservative, choose life, your mom did. And liberalism is a mental disorder. Hillary and Obama are criminals. President Donald Trump is great, and Democrats are liars. All of this was inside of his classroom. All right. According to the South Bend Tribune, the incident, which occurred Friday morning, has been referred to the Indiana Department of Child Services, the county sheriff's office, and the school officials. They said, yeah, they confirmed it on Friday. All right. The attorneys released video of the encounter because of the request of the Tribune. All right, let me show you some more of the steals. And I will narrate what happened. The student is walking away. He runs after the student. He catches up with the student. He grabs the student, throws the student on the wall, and then physically strikes the student. After striking the student, he grabs the student again, picks the student. The student falls. He then picks the student up, says some other words that we cannot hear. And that's when you see other students coming out, watching him do this, and that's when he leaves. He has not been arrested, he should be. He was allowed early retirement, full benefits, no arrest. Thoughts on this, I know you see a bunch of crimes here, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's horrifying. And I, I used to work in a school for kids who had behavioral and emotional disabilities. And those students would beat on me all day long. I'd get slapped, I'd get kicked, punched, spit on. Mm. And one thing that they teach you as you're going into those scenarios, you know, and going into those jobs is that you need to be able to keep your calm in these situations because these are children you're dealing with, and a lot of them have gone through gone through some stuff in their background. So you know, as these kids were beating on me all day long, you know, it's frustrating. But you can never return that type of anger. You can never return that type of physicality. And the fact that this, you know, this teacher was willing to, you know, engage with a student. I mean, God, like half of his size with such force and aggression over a dispute about the student wearing a hoodie in the classroom is appalling. And the fact that people, parents and other students are rallying behind the teacher is horrifying to me because those students should know that they deserve better and they should never be treated like this by, you know, not just a teacher, but any adult in their life. Yeah. It's just awful. That's right. And let's be very clear many of those parents are Trump supporters. There's a political connection with this criminal who should be arrested. So they are supporting him over supporting the children. It tells you what kind of movement surrounds that community. Let's put up a picture quickly of the superintendent, Byron Sanders. Byron Sanders will be involved in this story. The buck stops with him, there he is. All right, I wonder does he have a pro-Trump sign in his room too? Always a pleasure having you on the show. Tell people how they can check you out, follow your work. Yeah, absolutely. You can see my show Reactions every Thursday. It's a Twitch exclusive, twitch.tv slash TYT at 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can check out my videos for Rebel HQ on YouTube and Facebook. Doc, thank you so much for having me back on. Always a pleasure. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.